0: Good morning podcast listeners, this is Kevin Eva again, the Editor-in-Chief of Medical Education. Glad you're continuing to find the podcasts interesting enough to download them, and we're going to continue trying to bring at least two per year and maybe expand as we work out the kinks and and see how things are developing. Today I'm grateful to be joined by Egle Prado, who's a pediatrician and coordinator for the internship at the Instituto de Medicina Integral, Professor Fernando Figuera in AC, Brazil. I'm sure I butchered the pronunciation. Igla, I'm sorry if I have, but thank you for joining
1: us. No, you're doing well. Thank you.
0: <laughs> the paper that I want to speak with you about is obviously one that will be published in the March. It the 2011 Medical education entitled Active Learning Award, Outcomes from a Comparative Trial. And one of the reasons I thought maybe worth spending some time chatting with you is that it is such a well established principle within the educational community that actively manipulating material on the part of the learner tends to yield better learning outcomes than allowing them to be passive recipients of the material. But I haven't seen a lot of researchers start to explore or test how to implement some of those principles in the clinical realm. You've obviously done that with this paper. I wonder if you could. Tell our listeners a bit more about what you did and why you decided to attempt to get individuals actively involved in the way that you did.
1: We tried to develop a new format for world rounds. The world rounds that we talk in, in this paper is the academic world rounds, where doctors and students go to the bedside of the patient to discuss his case. So we'd like to use in this active learning methodologies because we see that active methods are used in the preclinical settings but when students comes to internship clinical settings we see that we don't have active learnings to be applied at this moment so we look at literature and found the clinical seven step approach recommended by university of Maastricht in the Netherlands which is a PBL approach to be used in clinical settings. So we try to compare the benefits of this one to another one that we call traditional method. That is like doctors, during the world rounds, they give a short lecture to the students, and students are there just to listen to the doctor or the perceptor.
0: And that's been the way that you've typically implemented ward rounds as I understand it, was there a specific problem that you encountered that led you to think this was an important issue to address or was it just a general sense that, that things could be done more effectively?
1: Yes, in general when I went to the literature looking for some news about ward rounds, I saw that there are few studies that talks about new formats for the World Rounds. Every study that talks about World Rounds says that it's a work-based learning, so it's nice to students uh, have new clinical reasoning, attitudes or clinical skills, but there are few studies that have some really evidence about the effectiveness of the World Rounds. So we try to develop this new format to Apply this in the daily ward rounds so uh, students can learn better with that. So, this is the big point. We'd like to start a new format where students can learn better from the ward rounds or bedside teaching.
0: Okay, it's an important area to better understand given just how much of teaching does take place there and how much emphasis there is nowadays on learning within workplace environments, you found fairly healthy differences between the active methodology and the more traditional word-rounding methodology that you had used in terms of knowledge acquisition and even seeing that those given the active methodology showed greater self-directed learning tendencies. One of the things that often challenging for readers in trying to use the results of controlled trials like this in educational settings is there are a great number of contextual issues and idiosyncrasies across different sites, and it can be sometimes difficult to tell from the paper-based version sort of exactly what was done in the, the new methodology that's been contrasted with the old. Can you elaborate a bit for our listeners on what you think the key ingredients were for your new methodology What the specific activities where you try to engage students with so that they might better put your results in context?
1: Okay, so for the active method, we told to the doctors, to the perceptors, that they uh, should read the case of the patient, so read the the chart, and after they began to discuss the clinical seven-step approach. The first one step is, which is the main problem that the patient has. So they have to identify the main problem that the patient comes with him. And the second step, they can identify another problem that are not the main problem, but they are related to that. And the third one, the third step, they have to correlate the problems in step two and the main problem that was identified in, the, in step one. The fourth step is try to explain the relationship between them. In the fifth step, we try to decide what are the complementary exams that they can investigate better diagnosis. The fifth step is to elaborate the diagnosis hypothesis for that patient. And the sixth step would be to define what kind of complementary examinations would be indicated for study better that case. And the seventh step is to plan which is the better treatment to that patient. So these are the seven steps okay, of okay. the active learning.
0: Thank you. And in those steps, obviously the learners can read more about it in the paper with some reference to yes, the master information. Yes.
1: Um. Also, Kevin, we told the perceptor, we uh, oriented them not to respond to the questions that students made in that case. For example, if they have some doubts, so they, uh, they, the perceptor should just motivate or challenge them to look for answers at home. So they have to go mm-hmm. home okay. In the next day they would come with their answers or with the new evidence about something.
0: Okay, interesting. And so the this process, the seven steps and that additional onus being placed on the students was implemented for every student and every case, or was there a set process for how and when this procedure would be utilized?
1: Usually, doctors and students have a lot of patients to discuss, so it's not yeah. possible to discuss yeah. everyone with this. So we suggest that in one day, the perceptor before going to the ward rounds, choose a new patient that came in the previous day and knows that it's an epidemiologically important problem for the region. So they should uh, discuss in details just one case. So the other's case they can just really do define the prescription for that day or something like that. But to discuss in detail using the seven steps would be just for one or two patients one day in the same ward rounds.
0: I see. Okay. And you continue to be happy with the process? Have you found it to be feasible to implement on a larger scale at your institute?
1: Yes. Really, it's difficult to deal with uh, different people. So yeah. in, in medicine, I think it's worse because of <laughs> doctors are always very busy. They have a lot of things to do. But here in our hospital, we have this really in development. In the pediatrician world that I worked before, Study they, until now, can do this daily. But we feel sometimes that people are like, they really don't agree or they don't believe in the methodology. So it's difficult to change minds. It's a challenge, but we can see that we need more students for this. But we have some evidence that the future for the clinical settings is having also active methods anyway.
0: Yeah, that's really omnipresent challenge, isn't it? Is trying to determine how to counsel and... Course and help people move forward in a way that takes advantage of some of the new techniques that have been implemented. And I'm pleased to hear that you've had such success, at least within the scale of the studies that you've run. And i certainly look forward to hearing more from you and wish you well in trying to determine how to continue ramping this up and explore it further. Yes. With that, I'll wrap up the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. This is Kevin even I've been speaking with Agua Prado. And the paper we've been discussing is called Active Learning on the Ward, and you can find it in the March issue of Medical Education 2011.
1: Thank you very much, Kevin.
0: Thanks, Eglis.